Hi, welcome to the Sweaty Palms podcast. Sweaty Palms is a Belgium-based music platform that urges their community to discover and share new music and ideas from which relationships can be built. In our podcast, we'd like to dive into the minds of people we think have a huge influence on their scenes and surroundings, ranging from artists and promoters, passionate diggers, road creatives, and average Joes. I'm your host, Eunice, an Android-based music producer, graphic designer, and apparently a podcast host. In this episode, we're joined by Guillaume Bleret and Diego Cozy, aka Philip Beau, two minds behind Gay Haze, a Brussels-based LGBTQ-friendly party concept. We talk about riding bikes to the club, throwing parties in a furniture store, the importance barbers play in arts and music culture, and a whole lot more. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Sweaty Palms podcast. My name is Eunice, and today I am joined by Diego and Guillaume. Hi. Hi, Eunice. Hello. Hello. Thanks, Thanks for welcoming us. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining us all the way from Brussels. Uh, you two, you host the Gay Haze Parties in Brussels. Could you uh, give us a small introduction to who you are and how you came together hosting parties? Sure. sure. You want to start? Uh, I want to start. Yes. So, um, how we make the, how we no? Can we start again? Yeah, <laughs> no, sure. You start. <laughs> okay, no, I can start. Let's keep it running, right? It's fine. There's no problem. Um, no cuts. So, um, I started to do parties in Brussels about 15 years ago. Uh, I could run different projects there. Never made this uh, project as businesses for me. It was important, of course, to, um, to balance, not to, to lose uh, any money or too much energy. But uh, I did it for the pleasure. And, uh, it's through one of these projects that I ran at the time with Sumaya Dance Machine and uh, some other members in the collective at Congress Station that I've met Diego. Yeah. Diego was there once for partying, I think. Yeah, I was there as a party boy. Uh discovering Brussels, coming from a small town in Luxembourg. Um, and I got introduced to Brussels scene through that party. That's how I met you all guys 10 years ago. So Diego and I became friends. Uh, and it's now four years ago that you come, came to me and said, okay, why not do something together? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had no project at the time. And working with Diego was a very um, exciting idea for me. So we had no very um, precise project in, in head, but mm. we knew that he wanted to do something oriented to the uh, queer scene, to yeah. gay, a, a gay project. That was, that was really clearly missing in Brussels. Um, yeah. There was still st already stuff going on, but uh, the way we wanted it, uh, didn't, there was no offer for that. No. And I believe Diego had in mind something more like a night club, uh, clubbing experience. And me, maybe I was more oriented with uh, a project during the day because um, after several years of doing uh, nightlife projects, the day was, uh, was appealing to me. Mm -hmm. And by chance, I think it's one of your clients mm -hmm. who came with a proposal. Yeah, so my client is, uh, I'm a hairdresser as well. And so one day I was doing uh, the hair of uh, a client and, and she just showed me some pics of uh, the new venue she was running and she would make a furniture store out of it, but it was still at that time empty and it looked like uh, the crazy cool 
party spot and I was like, is it possible to do events there? And she was like, yeah, sure. And it's, it all came naturally like this. And, uh, and then I went to Guillaume and was like, okay, I have a spot. And it all came very quickly uh, to that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and that's how it, it, it kind of came, the Project Gay Haze, four years ago. Yeah, it started as a, as a um, one-shot, actually. Mm -hmm. It was first like, okay, let's try it. She wants her place to be, um, to be known, so mm -hmm. she's okay with having an event there. Uh, let's let's do it once and uh, for the first edition we had actually already good audience coming mm -hmm. over 300 yeah. people uh, shown and the woman was happy Barbara she said okay why <laughs> not why not another edition yeah it was super chaotic though it was like <laughs> because when we arrived uh, it was uh, yeah, this furniture store so she had like tons of crazy ideas and she wanted us to do a, a brunch and, and, and she wanted at the same time that people could buy the furniture, so she put it like a showroom. And, and clearly people were happy because there were like many little spaces where you could sit and stuff like this. But it was like such a mess uh, <laughs> to, to, to build it up and to clean it up. And, and she was like, really, she wanted to put a lot of furniture, a lot of pictures. And it was also at, for us, we were always trying to take them away because First of all, it didn't really look really nice, but also, uh, yeah, it was just too much. So it was kind of a chaotic uh, first edition. But we've been lucky to, to experience it in yeah. this uh, furniture shop, yeah. actually, because everyone who attended there was like, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's just like many uh, little saloons mm -hmm. everywhere, cozy places. You could hide, you could. There was a big dance floor, but you could go for a drink in one of the uh, different setup around, so. Yeah. funny and people uh, remember that of course yeah i think it's a very uh, interesting location to have a party um and and it's definitely memorable and and yeah i think that's especially if you want to create a, a, a sort of space in in a city that um as you said earlier there were queer parties there but not the way that you wanted it to mm -hmm. be so i think that way you already immediately set yourself apart uh, by having a party in a furniture store yeah yeah. Exactly, like it, it was important that we had it in an unusual space uh, and also uh, on an unusual time slot. So, obviously, because uh, we started the, the party in the afternoon, it was yeah. uh, probably from, from 2 to uh, 10. Or yeah, something like this. Like, like Sunday afternoon, we wanted to have like this kind of vibes, daylight, and, uh, and um, yeah, stuff like this. So, people could arrive straight from the after or start uh, just the day. Uh, uh, with uh, yeah, dance the Sunday away, uh, something like this. Yeah, very interesting. It's mm -hmm. nice that um, I, I feel that more, especially now in COVID times, where people were more forced to do open air things mm -hmm. and, and have things during the day, um, people start appreciating it more. And I remember um, in pre-COVID times as well that uh, in the last year or two, there were a lot of more uh, weekend during the day activities starting um which i was a fan of as well because mm -hmm. i didn't enjoy being in the club until six mm -hmm. anymore uh mm -hmm. <laughs> at this yeah. point so it, it's it's nice to have a difference it's very very cool that your concept um has that as an idea as well uh, which also very much sets you apart from different promoters yeah, yeah. it's true that um you had uh, like during covid uh, a lot of parties and also like just to start that started like during the day and we did that already previously as well. And we wanted to push the thing like even a bit more further by organizing it like early morning to late at night. We yeah. really wanted to 
again shift the dynamic exactly yeah. like because there was like a big offer at suddenly uh, Sunday afternoons uh, everywhere in Brussels you had like four or five different parties mm -hmm. the same time slot and that's why we wanted then to okay uh, to do it then in the morning yeah we did several tries actually to to extend um, the time of the party and I think the first one uh, we tried was not such a such a success no but we like, did we a bad communication uh, like the five first hours pretty alone yeah some zombies dancing. yeah <laughs> that was horrible uh, but that was the, the third edition so it was still an early early days yeah but then yeah the, the audience uh, shown last time we tried um extended um time when we opened at seven in the morning mm -hmm. There was already a queue in front of the uh, of the place, and so people got it. That was also a special context because this is something we like in Gehes. We regularly have our parties in small spaces, mm -hmm. so we have a very limited uh, capacity of people. Uh, of course, it's uh, we, we we love when we can have a greater amount of people, but the vibe is very special when you have like a maximum of four four hundred people. Inside the um, inside the party, it creates a very um, uh, familiar and uh, a very warm atmosphere in between the the dancers. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why we wanted this extended time it was to give more chances to people to to come and go and to have more visitors to attend mm -hmm. uh, the party. And that really happened actually. Uh, that that mm -hmm. once. I remember the people who were there in the morning, some of them left, so some other could come from in the afternoon. Obviously, some others stayed the whole day with us. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think uh, having extended hours like that also gives the opportunity for people to settle in at their own pace. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have a night True. that is six hours long and you come in two hours into it, then you only have four hours and then you need to get into it. And so, whereas if you have a whole day and you can come in whenever you want and, and feel welcomed and, and stuff like that i think that's a very uh, nice thing to have your um, party stand for mm -hmm. to have that uh space where you can come in and ease into it yeah it's uh, yeah uh, me too as a dj is the same uh like if i have a two hours uh slot uh, to play or if i have four hours it's very different uh to play four hours than when just playing a, a set of two hours yeah, you can really, yeah, as you say, get in uh, and um, and and let yourself go uh, more than you would do uh, just uh, in two hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is that also the way you approach, uh, say, the lineup for that uh, mm -hmm. event today, where you have people play longer slots or, mm -hmm. or um, have more different kinds of uh, acts to pl uh, to to break up the evening or the day? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you approach that? Uh, so the the question is like how are you approach the artists? Yeah, how you approach the the uh, the lineup for okay. the. Uh, so uh, first of it, I I've try always to have uh, smaller names um, that I've heard that I've listened before in different parties, uh, locals or international, um, and usually I saw them in parties where they play also longer, uh, and so um, yeah, that's at that moment then I know that uh, I would like to have uh, this DJ or. Even if I don't, if he's, he doesn't, he's an unknown, uh, and uh, if he's a smaller guest, I really need to believe and also to have a connection mm -hmm. with uh, the the artist uh, we book. Uh, I'd like them to stay before, after, to meet us, uh, to yeah, to 
<laughs> it's rare that we have like a DJ that we just write to the booking agency and, and then we have no contact with it. That never happened. Never yeah. happened. No, no, no. Maybe once and, and it was not so fun experience. Uh, I won't with say who? the name. Okay. No, 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 I think that's also a very important thing uh, as an artist Connection. myself. Yeah, I feel that when I have to play somewhere mm. and you uh, and the, the promoter comes and then gives you a big warm welcome and eases mm. you into whatever is happening, you also feel that you want to perform way better yeah. than when everything is done through an email with a middleman mm. and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, and I think that's a very nice thing to keep um, yeah. building on in the in the vibe of of the events as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in gays and uh, also in the projects before like Document or Heinz Law, it's been uh, always super important also to to give the um, the DJs uh, a status that is the same as other uh, artistic workers on the on the party. People who do the setup or people who do maybe uh, a video installation, art installation. Like everyone should get the same kind of attention, uh, if possible, the same amount of money for the work they, they put in. And uh, most of the time, every DJ is invited, like from international, um, fr from abroad, gets that and totally uh, respect and feel well with it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Is, uh, do you work with a lot of different uh, art disciplines as well at your party, as you said, with video installation? and Not not that much in Gaze. I used to do it before much more with uh, I Need Law and Document. A little bit In though. Gaze, a bit more. We uh, had some no, video installation, scenography. Yeah. A scenographer who works now regularly with us. Yeah, we try to um, to work on the um, on the general setup and the context quite, quite much. Yeah. Uh, we are changing locations very regularly. Uh, and so every location is looking very different, but we we also want to put our touch into these locations. So yeah. people will uh, easily recognize some elements, some colors, or some some uh, logos that will uh, reminds them of gays. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, when changing locations, it's always interesting to uh, recontextualize the setting to your own needs. Um, which I think is, is very good uh, to keep. I think when you move to a location, a lot of people would uh, get the vibe that, oh no, it won't be the same. But I think if you trust in the people and the process, then you know you will get a good space where you can be yourself, um, which is what I get from talking to you that you really want to push that, and, and uh, which is a very nice thing mm -hmm. to, to have. I think it's very... Um, something that usually misses in Belgian nightlife a lot, uh, a place where people can just be themselves and express themselves and uh, no matter where it is, uh, just because you know that the party you're going to is done by people who feel the same and want to also mm -hmm. express themselves. Yeah, yeah. so that the crowd can identify as themselves. Yeah. You get a feeling of mutual respect exactly. and that is very, very important, yeah. I feel, in music and nightlife in general. Yeah. Uh, so they have like their own little privacy rooms and 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 yeah, um, just that uh, we like it creates your identity as well as a person as a party organizer. Um, it's nice. Yeah, exactly. I wanna uh, circle back to something you said earlier. Um, so you you work as a hairdresser, yeah. and that's how you first got your uh, location. Yeah. Uh, do you? do a lot of business with clients in, in that sense because I I have uh, 
a lot of the people I end up working with, I meet through my hairdresser. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm at my hairdresser, it, it's always like this place for conversation and where people come that yeah. are like-minded in, in a way. Like a photographer I've, I've worked with last year on my album, he, he was there as well and we started talking and then a year later we ended up working together because we met there, which is, I think, uh, cutting hair connects people in such a weird but special way. So I was wondering how that uh, f is for you as a hairdresser. As a hairdresser, I meet a lot of people, of course. Uh, I have uh, 10 to 15 clients a day on a busy day. And um, yeah, some of them are potential, uh, uh, let's say, also clients at your party because uh, yeah, they come to you as well. You build a, a relation with them as well. And, they, and some of them, of course, are, are, are people that come to, to, to the parties as well. But I, yeah, just for the connection part uh, that I've just had once uh, for the location that was the first client and after that uh, no no it never happened that i had to do it uh, we had to do it to to scout for location yeah, you mean. Mm. yeah fun. but that, that's, uh, oh. it, it's really fun and true that hairdresser um, seems to be a very good uh, networking place yeah, because yeah. i heard i heard you sometimes talking about okay i know i want i need a, to go to a gym and then suddenly like a client of you come and say okay but i have a gym and you yeah. could come and try for one yeah. month or super yeah. nice uh, yeah. chances to um, yeah you build some some relations with your clients uh, some customers there are some mm. customers you will talk less and, and others you, you have more uh, you share more and then of course yeah it, it, it can uh, give you some surprises like a free access pass to the gym <laughs> <laughs> high luxury gym <laughs> yeah yeah the, the reason why I brought it up is because I feel that uh, a hairdresser or a barbershop also is such a curated cozy mm -hmm. space mm -hmm. where you come to cut your hair mm -hmm. which so you come in with a haircut that is not good and then mm -hmm. you need to like trust uh, everything around and yeah. uh to me it feels that your parties are in a way similar where you come to a place and you get to be yourself whereas and, and meet people exactly. and stuff like that yeah so it's, it's, it's it's connected somehow yeah, yeah. it's very mm -hmm. very interesting I just had to think, uh, I miss going to the barber. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. but I do it. I mean, I, I don't know if I can say it, but I, I still have my friends uh, coming over. And of course, uh, I think people still want to look nice now. Yeah. It's not the same as going to the barber shop. No, no. Of course, but uh, still. Uh, yeah, there's a reason why I'm wearing the, yeah. the hat. Ah, that's why. <laughs> All of us, I think. All of us. <laughs> my hair is very <laughs> out of control. Um, all right. So you've uh, you've been in Brussels organizing parties now for three to four years. Yes. Three years will not count the mm -hmm. last year. Yes. Um, what was uh, on the plans last year in case that things would have? I think we should count actually the the year last year because in, indeed our plans, original plans couldn't all be be done. But um, still, we did some some mm -hmm. things. We started the year in January with. Um, not a gay haze we called it it was a collaboration with um, art center wheels for mm -hmm. the um, the closing or the opening of a wolfgang tillman's show and uh, we did a little uh, yeah finissage for them in a club so as it was a night's life uh, experience we decided to call it not a gay haze mm -hmm. this is not a gay haze uh, but of course the crowd and the vibe was uh, very similar to a gay haze very Even similar, but different, different. <laughs> yeah. because it was not an off location, so it was a club, yeah. um, and it was during the nights on a Friday. Mm. So the um, 
energy I felt was a bit different, but um, but it was still nice. It was a good experience for yeah. us. Uh, then we had another. Uh, we had a off uh, party together with um, a band from Copenhagen, um, Copenhagen yeah. Group Therapy. We had a party over there early March. Yeah, really weird because there was. When you entered the party, you had like stuff to clean your hands, oh. <laughs> and then you could see like all the guys making out uh, together <laughs> right after. It was like kind of nonsense, but it was like still very in the beginning yeah. of all these crises. It was the there was no lockdown yeah. or anything, mm -hmm. so we were kind of yeah. uh, um, a nice experience. Yeah, naive. Uh, and then yeah, many things got cancelled. Actually, the Listen Festival, the the Pride Party. Uh, I think everything we had planned up to June, we had to, mm -hmm. to cancel the bookings. It went very uh, easily with all the agencies and um, the, the, everything that was booked, we could cancel and get, get refunds. So no big problem on the, um, yeah. on the money side. Uh, we had two online events. One. Uh, there was one. We one did. was one with, with, with Pride. So instead of Pride, because they cancelled uh, Gay Pride in Brussels, we did an online party. Online party. And it was yes. um, at uh, Café Fontenat, where we usually host, uh, during the Pride, we host uh, a big event there. A big open-air party there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so we did it online um, and uh, on Zoom, I think, as well, mm -hmm. and Facebook. So it was fun because people could still dance in front of the camera and see each other. And it was a nice interaction. And people really did it. I mean, yeah. they were... Um, it felt like almost real. <laughs> <laughs> really. It was, it was a fun it afternoon. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we did the second recording, which you were mentioning. No, 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 no. I, huh? I'm thinking about the first one we did in April, but on the invitation of um, Benediction. We had also an event. Oh, my, yes. Yeah. It's true. That yeah, was, it was actually, end yeah. of April. Yeah. And then in September, we had a proper party. It was not supposed to be a party, but it was uh, again linked with an exhibition mm -hmm. at a place called La Vallée. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also an art center in Molenbeek. Uh, and then there was the closing of, uh, of the exhibition. And we were asked to play some good music, uh, mm -hmm. bringing good vibes. That felt just on the day of um, the Brussels Car Free Day, you know, which is always a very mm. beautiful day in Brussels. It was super sunny, so people are really going everywhere. And there at La Vallée, we were um, quietly playing with many, many, many people attending and sitting on the tables. And then suddenly uh, yeah. uh, they started to dance. Of course. And it was beyond our control. And I've, I've said even to the one uh, guy from the venue, I've told him because he, he really wanted to do it. I was like, imagine people want to dance it's yeah. there is no gay haze without people dancing and having fun um and so he was like no but we're gonna really take care of this uh and 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 say it and and uh, i was like yeah okay you do it but not doing the in a way like the police would you know or be with with uh security Secure guys well. and like do it in a softer way and also not having to uh, enter too much people so we can control but it went kind of out of control what they invented is like they put in front of the DJ booth many stuffs like to serve as obstacles, you know, so people wouldn't gather there. <laughs> and of course, this became, um, how do you call this in English? 
um, podiums. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people were like mountain dancing in front of the DJ booth. It was super beautiful to see. Yeah, it was super beautiful to see. But uh, a bit uh, dangerous still at the same time. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it was beyond the control. It, it, the energy took us all and we all needed that. Uh, even the, the guy from the venue, I could see him like dancing behind. He was always coming, putting the sound a bit lower, but even the, with the sound lower, yeah. people really needed it. Uh, no, I understand. I feel the know. same uh, when I went to this sitting uh, curated party mm -hmm. thing. Uh, and it was the first time I think I went to one. And in the beginning, everyone sits down and has their drink and mm -hmm. then the drinks get a bit easier and then the music gets a bit better. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember at the party where I was at or the, the, the open air thing, let's not call it a party. Um, the, the guy from the venue kept telling the DJ to uh, stop playing rhythm, rhythm music. Yeah. And he, so he, I, he switched the ambient and people were still not giving a fuck and <laughs> dancing. And, yeah. and even I, at some point where I was like, oh, this is not okay. I said mm. while dancing, okay, <laughs> 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 I'm going. So I understand. And especially because it's just too tempting. It's too tempting. You've been inside for so long. And yeah. then also music and going to a place where you feel connected is about expressing yourself. And dancing is such a big part of that, that you can't put away. It's so true. as much as you're as you know like oh i shouldn't do this mm -hmm. the oh i shouldn't do this feels more enticing yeah. to do it anyway of course yeah so i yeah and as i can imagine for your concert where you want people I'm, to go and i knew do it was I, i really knew from the beginning it would be a big challenge to not make people dance uh I knew, as I knew a, people would dance. I yeah, mean, as a point that i was like should we really do this uh is that also it we recognize ourselves do we need it But in the end, it, it was a super nice uh, afternoon and, um, and we had all had fun. Um, and uh, yeah, but also we believed in doing it like we, that people could dance with masks, for example, uh, like in Berlin, uh, there yeah. was like there was like parties going on. That is something um, that I was maybe hoping like I, 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 during the summer, I was in Berlin for a few weeks and uh, there were clubs open there. So the clubs who had a garden could organize parties in the garden. Mm -hmm. And the rule was to wear a mask when you were on the dance floor, which is actually totally uh, fine because I realized when I was with a mask on the dance floor that you give a lot of information just with your eyes and mm -hmm. the movements of your body. Mm -hmm. And indeed, you're not on the dance floor for talking, so the mask is not such a problem. And I found it a very smart way from them to uh, to deal it with the corona situation, like having a dance floor outside, of course, limited capacity of people, mm -hmm. and then wearing the mask and the, the hydroalcoholic gel and stuff. So uh, I thought, okay, let's do the same in Brussels, it's possible, but they wouldn't listen to, no. to that. I mean, people in Brussels, I, I remember that case in September, I was on the booth, Doing this sign with my with my hands in front of my mouth. Please put on the mask. Put on the mask, and nobody would care about it. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm, I, if I see there is a video of me uh, playing at that party, and you see like I'm the only one wearing the mask, and you see like four people behind, tits out, like, uh, and uh, and don't caring so much, and uh, and it ended up eventually on the stories, and my mom saw it, and she was like, ah, what's that? At least you you are you are wearing your mask. At least you're doing your job well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's also hard to do uh, when you're in um, 
uh, a role where you need to uh, give the example mm -hmm. uh, as the organizer you can't take over yeah, yeah you have to have a certain role or whatever yeah. <laughs> exactly of course um, Guillaume you also work for a 24-hour Brussels Yes, uh, yes. Uh, where, which you uh, could you tell us a bit more about that? I'm, uh, sure. Um, 24 H process is um, it's not a work. I mean, uh, I do this uh, on a free uh, free will, but uh, benevolent. I mean, it's a platform that we uh, launched with uh, three friends two years ago, and um, the goal of it was to bring on a spotlight and a reflection on how is the, the night management of the city in Brussels. Uh, because basically there was no uh, really m real management, an absence of uh, studies and numbers. Uh, people from the city who have to take decisions don't know how many people are going out, how much do we need uh, night trains or night buses. And so the idea was to bring a global um, uh, global vision to have uh, the um, participation of party uh, organizers, club owners, also concert places, neighbors, uh, firemen, people from the um, from the hospital that everyone could um, gives opinion and help building a better uh, a better night management. Mm -hmm. We organized uh, six different um, uh, meetings, mainly conferences, where we invited, uh, for instance, like the Nachtbürgermeister from, uh, from uh, Amsterdam or from Paris to share with us their experience. People from Club Commission Berlin uh, yeah. also came. Um, and this finally made uh, some movement happening in the authorities as well on the um, Brussels city, but also the region. Uh, they have provided some funds for us, 24H Brussels, to keep on our uh, researches. We are working now on um, building an archive of the um, nightlife in Brussels. Mm -hmm. It's super interesting actually on the, on terms of uh, uh, urban geography and also um, um, the functionality of the building, it's amazing to see some building, how many different lives they had, like a cinema place that became after a party place and then a record shop and it's now an uh, office for um, a mutuelle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, a city is always in movement. Yeah. Uh, there is also a, a professional um, association that um, uh, raised recently the um, Brussels Night Nightlife Federation, uh, and I think it's really mainly because 24H Brussels started to to bring these things together. Then the people, the professionals, finally realized, okay, but we don't have anyone to talk for us uh, all together, and so they started the federation. The, of course, also the COVID situation situation helped them to uh, to uh, quickly uh, get together and, and work together. Do you feel that uh, the organization has um, a prominent role right now within the COVID situation and, and how uh, uh, like more about how are you thinking that nightlife will evolve after this situation? Is that something that you are uh, working towards or? Um, can you can you repeat the question? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sure um, As if if the organization at Twenty Four H Brussels, uh, are you working uh, 
or, or thinking about how nightlife should evolve after COVID or, or during COVID? Or uh, is that also something that you're working on or is, is that uh, besides the... Well, we're not working now on how the nightlife would uh, evolve, but more on how uh, would nightlife survive. Yeah. Uh, that's the main concern. Uh, it's already disappearing. Some some places are closed. Some collectives will not uh, re re reborn. Um, I think the question of the evolution of nightlife will 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 come when when things reopen. We will see it happening. Uh, I really hope now that thanks to uh, the Nightlife Federation and thanks to uh, organizations as us, 24H Brussels, this sector will be really considered and appreciated as a cultural and touristic sector that needs some um, attention and, and care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's very important that uh, there are people speaking for um, the sector because as we've noticed in the last year um, we get shoved behind yes. uh, for a lot of different reasons because there's not we don't have a, a lobby industry as like the um, uh, air travel has or, or whatever um, so I think it's uh, that's why I was very interested about uh, what the organization exactly was because I don't think we have or I could be mistaken something like that in Antwerp um, or that I know of at least uh, but I feel it's very important for, as you say, the future of nightlife and, and will it survive and how uh, will it survive if we don't step in and, mm -hmm. and do something about it. Yeah. I don't know any in Antwerp indeed. I think they have, I know they have one in, in um, Leuven and also in Ghent, but uh, not knowing anyone here in Antwerp. Um, yeah. There is none in Antwerp and you're listening and you feel that you could be the person to help us. Please <laughs> go for it. Give me a call. Give, you if you can contact us. Yeah. <laughs> All the help that we can get is needed. Um, yeah, no, it's very nice. I'm uh, I'm happy to hear that there's uh, organizations like that out there and uh, that that you're actively working on on improving and helping out. It's very nice. Uh, We've not talked a lot about music, actually, yeah, I've realized. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so let's get in, into that, maybe. Yes. Uh, what kind of music do you guys like, play, or just listen to? Um, so it depends on the mood, on the day, uh, who <laughs> I'm listening to it. What are you listening to right now? Right now, um, I'm a lot into prog, progressive house, uh, ambient trance, um, some new beats, yeah, anything all behind, be, yeah, from a lot from the 90s, mm -hmm. I think uh, you can, uh, everything has already been there, you just have to kind of look for it, uh, of course there's like a lot of new stuff coming out also, which uh, I, I follow, um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm listening to a lot of music every day, I have also more time, uh, now that uh, hairdressers are closed, yeah. so I can really take um, hours just doing that, listening, everything that comes out, or just going through all discogs and trying to find uh, something that I like. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but specifically, you want a track? or <laughs> If you have a track in mind, then... Yeah, I'm obsessed with a with, um, new one that... Uh, it's an old one that uh, came back to life, and it's from The Deep, 
and it's a um, Silver Surfer EP, mm -hmm. and it's called XO Surf. And uh, if you want to play it, I don't know if you, it's easy to find on Spotify, but you should really listen to that one. It's, uh, if it's not easy to find, I will dig for it like yes. like a real one. Yeah, I've <laughs> noted it like you uh, like a, a track I really wanted to share. Uh, this is one uh, I'm a bit obsessed with. At the moment. Right, I'm very excited to hear it. I think you're the first ever guest to bring something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I brought a disc. You know, this is um, a release from Super Pitcher, okay. who is an artist uh, who has uh, deeply influenced my, my taste in, in uh, techno and house. He's from uh, the scene of Cologne. Okay. I've partied quite much in Cologne. I really like their um, sense of techno, which is always uh, cold and very romantic as well. Uh, super Peacher, when I made the first research about him, uh, the, the, picture, the first picture I've seen was the guy on a bike, and that really talked to me a lot because I was like, okay, he's a cool DJ, but the picture, the promo picture is not him in a club, or he's on a bike in a street, and I felt a good connection with that. Presentation. Artwork is great. It's also something I wanted to talk about. Yeah, it, rem it reminds me of a, a Mondrian painting. Yes, uh, in, uh, because of the colors, obviously, and then because it's squares. But I like the the depth to it, and and oh, I wish you guys could see this. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, uh, yeah, it's very um, hypnotizing. His music is also well. hypnotizing. Yeah. I was about to say, like the whole um, all his productions. There is always like this. He's like actually the half of um, you know them. Um, what is the name? Panchanga, not Panchanga Boys. Panchanga yeah, Boys. The Panchanga yes. Boys oh, okay. Course. He's the half of the Panchanga Boys. One half of them, yeah. Together with Roboledo, and and you can hear also in that music, it's always like something very hypnotizing, very trippy, progressive. Progressive. It's also progressive it comes. House, yeah, it's like yeah. a kind of a progressive house, but more like a new one. Um, I would say. Yeah, it's funny because he was uh, originally more uh, a reggae DJ, and uh, but if you pay attention, you can hear the the reggae roots in in his production actually. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and indeed the graphic design is uh, is so beautiful, mm -hmm. and for me it was also something related to music, always related to music, like a good graphic design for a flyer or. Um, an album artwork is, is mm -hmm. important and with, with Gaze we tried as well to mm -hmm. have um, 
graphic design with impact. Uh, the first guy who worked with us on the on the um, flyers made a very nice proposal that the way he wrote Kehes was very hard to read. People could not really uh, read the words; had to put an effort into into it. Mm. And that idea subsisted in the further collaborations with other people. Like if you find a flyer or if you see on on an online event, one. One thing that is always there is that it's hard to read gays somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, but you have usually always the logo, which mm -hmm. is a uh, a leaf, a cannabis leaf, which you then you recognize, of course. It's a cannabis leaf with the uh, stars of Europe around, and if, yeah. yeah, you don't need the name, then yeah. you recognize the logo now. It's an interesting way of uh, of using symbolism. Uh, the the uh, for for me, obviously, I instantly think about the haze part of a uh, gay haze. Mm -hmm. um, as a, I've, I studied as a graphic designer, mm. uh, so when I work uh, for people in, I usually do uh, work in music as well. Uh, I that's all also something that I always want to capture. Where whatever the project is, the first thing that you need to see when you look at something, be it cover or a flyer, is, huh? I want to give like the huh feeling. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I don't get it. I yeah. need to go closer. That is, for me as well, a very such an important part of wanting to go and explore something. Sure. Like, I don't get it, mm -hmm. but I want to get it because mm -hmm. it looks interesting. Yeah, it's that's very, clearly like this is the invitation. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. I'm, uh, I'm going <laughs> to check out all the flyers. Then yeah, you see. have to check more the, the older ones. Now we, we, uh, we're working with someone um, uh, that does also that, like, uh, that is a uh, ghost. Uh, not ghost producer, but ghost. He doesn't want it to <laughs> to be uh, to be mentioned. To be mean? mentioned. But it does great work. It does great work, and it it's it's changed as well. It's more like pictures, mm -hmm. uh, or draw. He draws, or yeah, it, now it's very very more different. Like each flyer is is, is different, um, but you have always that cannabis leaf some somewhere. Yeah. Um, and before, if you look like the older ones, you clearly have this. Uh, effect <laughs> when you when you would see it at the beginning we had like uh, of the first flyers we had were um, uh, carte de visite so um, like a very small paper cardboard um, mm. that we could give to the people yeah. and there was always a picture a funny picture we selected together yeah. and the background was the Gehe's logo hard to read <laughs> Uh, not a logo yet. I think the logo came a bit later. Oh yeah, it was yeah. just that. Then the, the font. And no dates, nothing. It was just this gay stuff. You don't really know what it is, and but yeah, with with. Um, it was not a flyer with a date. It was no, just like a not even a, a card, visit card that you yeah. can give to someone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the picture we choose were were actually people we know, people we we like, uh, mm -hmm. funny pics, memes. It could be yeah, like yeah. kind of everything. Yeah, I think it's it's very. I feel that in Belgium people do it really well usually uh, in terms of graphic design. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a very true. strong, it's true. strong um, visual uh, language. I feel, uh, which I think is amazing because then you you can always tell what the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for. You can always. I feel that if you look at a flyer or you look at an artwork. You can always tell if it's genuine or not, mm -hmm. and then if it's genuine, you can tell. Okay, it's this kind of person, or it's this kind of feel. The party's not necessarily what the music is gonna be, or or what else, but you can feel 
you feel invited and then you feel okay this is where i want to go because it brings up an emotion that i that i also like mm-hmm. and i want to go there and experience that emotion with people that also like that emotion and then yeah. the community thing yeah it's your it's part of your identity as well yeah it's very important mm-hmm. and i feel that yeah I'm, i'm glad to to see that in belgium people take it that serious as well and uh, and keep the identity strong yeah it's a nice culture yes yeah Uh, you guys also work with a lot of different uh, queer events in Belgium, like uh, SPEC yeah. and stuff. Uh, how is your um, connection with uh, the rest Spec. of the... Uh, with SPEC, you mean? SPEC or the general... But to start with SPEC, SPEC is... Um, we are sisters. We are sisters uh, for life. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's Dan um, and Bert. Um, Bert is... Not anymore. Not longer part spec. of no. no. Not if it's official or not, but it, it's. Um, I, think, I think it's pretty. I, I knew at least. You so, knew yeah. it, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so we are very close friends. Uh, we do a lot of things together. Uh, um, we party together. We, we we travel together, and so uh, yeah, we become very close. And then naturally, uh, we made a fusion, and we collaborate at least two or three times a year. Um, for pride or for for different types of events, it's so funny to to work together. Mm-hmm. It's really uh... also it, it gets like bigger, you know, immediately, because there there's a crowd in Antwerp, there's a crowd in Brussels, and and sometimes people when I, we do gay haze, some people from Antwerp come to Brussels, and and also when they expect there is also a small crowd from um, Brussels that comes to Antwerp. But uh, when we do it together, you can be sure it's going to be like a, a bigger, bigger one and always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you feel like the crowds in Antwerp and Brussels are uh, very much like islands or, or are they very connected? I mm. think they are quite well connected. Yeah. I think it's also part of the Belgian culture, actually. I, <laughs> since, since I'm a teenager, I'm used to go to parties or yeah. to some cities that are not the city where I But live. But Belgian people are also a bit lazy, so... Yep. <laughs> so there can be a super cool lineup, a cool venue, uh, great concept. And I'm like in Brussels and I, I really would have me to be really motivated to go. Mm. So I just, for example, here in, in Antwerp, I just did it when I come to spec mm-hmm. or when I have a, a gig where I play. But uh, it won't. It will not like. Depends. Me. I mean, I, I could go to uh, to a nice um, to attend a nice party in Cologne or to yeah, uh, attend true. a concert yeah. in Antwerp. It makes totally sense if I want to to see a special artist. But Germany is again something different. Uh, yeah, I mean, in Germany, I was traveling a lot to to go to parties. I mean, since I'm 17, I I went to Berlin and then I went to Frankfurt and then Cologne and I did a lot of. Of, of different cities. I traveled a lot for to party. But I mean like in Belgium, Belgium now, I feel like I wouldn't go to Antwerp or people from Antwerp to come to to Brussels. And unless it's a, a collaboration thing or what do you think? I think I think Belgians has this um, Yeah how do you see this? I'm I'm more on your side. Yeah. Also because I recognize myself in that <laughs> as well. I'm uh I'm lazy. The, Yeah, when I was when I was uh, younger and when I used to DJ and stuff, I would go to I would take the train, go to a party, stay until the first train and come back. Yeah. yeah. And now where I'm in my mid twenties, going to my thirties, I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to be able to go home at three and yeah. then just go to my bed and not have to wait until six in the morning for the train. Yeah. <laughs> that that and I think there's a lot of people like that, but I um, 
it's 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 a very Belgian and I think Flemish thing as well. Uh, I'm not sure how it is uh, for for people from Wallonia, but I, what I noticed from my friends in Flanders, mm-hmm. wherever they're from, they have that uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I, a friend of mine from America who lives in Antwerp, uh, he's a he's an artist, and he talks about. Oh, you guys are so lazy here. Like, you know, I, I, I'm from Philadelphia, and like, if I'd go to New York for yeah. a show, I just drive and do that. And then here, people don't want to go to Brussels, which is 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually, like, if you live in London, for example, you need 40 minutes to go from A to B. Uh, yeah. And it's normal to do. And and we are a bit more like uh, staying our little comfort. Uh, do you want to be able to do things by bike and <laughs> or or walk or? But well, apparently not for Guillaume. Guillaume, yeah. <laughs> Guillaume is wait until hard. you get to your forties and then you can afford hotel. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I love to do that though. I love to just yeah. When I when I come here, like uh, I, I it happened already. Yeah. I had a gig and I did. I took myself a hotel. <laughs> yeah, but me not... too. I mean, last time I was uh, partying in uh, Robert Johnson in Frankfurt and yeah. I was very happy. Like. To have booked a hotel mm-hmm. because I'm not anymore the kind of kid who uh, Take, yeah. goes all, all night long and then takes the next train. But I went to the club all night long and it closed. But I could stay in the hotel till two. I think was mm-hmm. uh, in, mm. in the afternoon. The, That's great. And it was fine. I mean, you have a bit of sleep, a good yeah. shower, and then uh, I'll keep it as a post-COVID tip for uh, yeah. <laughs> the. Yeah. I think I think after COVID, when the clubs open again, I I won't care. I'll go wherever Just I go. want. <laughs> I think people will be ready to go yeah. far as well. So like, maybe yeah. the culture will change. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. the best. Yeah. But I also really like this idea of going to club by bike. That's super nice. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. What I uh, do a lot not anymore. So, so I used to DJ, and now I perform live with synths and stuff. So I don't bike anymore. But when I DJed, I just went to the club by bike. I played my set. I stayed around for another few hours and I bike home. So <laughs> and and I, I love yeah. loved that. And I, I always I disliked it when I had to play on the other side of Flanders or whatever and had to get a friend to drive me or, or stay there. If I had to stay there, it's fine. But if I had to like find someone who could drive me and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I didn't like it as much because then the, the charm of being on your bike and like, oh, I have to play in 15 minutes. I have to bike really, really fast now. <laughs> it's such a it's such a fun trill. Because mm. then you get into the club, still sweating, put your ears in and, and then go. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. I had this experience, like when we, we were invited by the whole festival um, mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah. Whole festival is a queer festival taking place in between, uh, somewhere in between Leipzig and Berlin. It's organized by three Berlin collectives. It's a very, it's only queer festival, mm-hmm. uh, and we were curated a stage there for one day, a Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were there. We went there with all our uh, crew of friends and DJs playing. I had booked um, Airbnb outside the the festival because I wanted to have sometimes not ready to uh, take a tent. <laughs> yeah, not ready to take a tent in into the festival. I needed to know that if I need, I want to escape uh, the music and the crowd, I can do it. And it was so great because the Airbnb came with bikes. And so from I was going by bike to the festival, and then after twenty hours of partying, mm-hmm. I was going back to my little Airbnb to have. A some fruits and uh, a rest and then back by bike to, to, to the place. You could hear the music from yeah. far, but, it's but it was in the middle good. of nowhere. I it remember was, I had yeah. a different Airbnb as well because I was also not ready to sleep in a tent. <laughs> uh, and um, 
and, and and yeah it was in the middle of nowhere there was like full nature all around and uh, and when you when you did go back by bike or even when you came it was like such a fun trippy <laughs> trip way to do <laughs> on your bike I was yeah. even uh, yeah, I remember once I when I left it the place I was sure like people were following us by bike <laughs> The and, location uh, is very special. It's yeah. called um, Ferropolis, Ferropolis this is where yeah. they do the Melt Festival. Oh, well. okay, yeah. yeah. But it's um, yeah, it was such a cool experience. Uh, Maybe after all this, I we yeah, need to do I'm something with out. bikes and then partying. <laughs> I think that might be an interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I have a festival where you need to go from stage to stage by bike. Why not? That could be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep it in mind. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah. No, cool. Um, I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I'm actually excited about it. Let's uh, write it down. Yeah, let's write it down. You've heard it. If you want to collab on a... If you have bikes <laughs> in the festival space. Um, yeah. I, I first heard of your concept by, by um, Lars DJ Peugeot, who uh, is also from mm -hmm. City Palms, because um, he invited me to come to Listen Festival uh, that didn't happen yeah because um, I'd never been to uh, any of your parties and any like the way you talked about it and it was like the, the vibe and it's it's so very different from like other club experiences or, or and also because it's in the day and and it got me so very uh, yeah excited to excited, go so I was very yeah. sad that it I couldn't yeah, we come all went. but um, yeah I'm very happy to talk to you guys and, and, and uh, I've learned so much today and uh, so thank you for coming here and then having this talk with me great it was a great talk thanks yeah. to yeah. you as well for having us i uh i have one last question that i ask all the guests um surprise it's a, yeah it's a little bit of a surprise if you've listened to the podcast before then you know um i always ask the guests to describe their musical tastes or or their dj set or whatever something yeah. musically as a dish um uh, like because I feel that music and food, much like music yeah. and, and a barbershop, is very connected. And yeah, you can you can definitely take it as a yeah. metaphor for, for food. So I'm very curious about... Which, it could be individually, it could be together. Uh, it could be a course of multiple dishes, whatever you want. There is so no limit. I, I think it, it would be a dish that uh, takes a long time to cook. Mm. So something uh, that's like a good sauce... S2, yeah, mm. for example. Because slow some, cooks too. Yeah, exactly. Something that you need to cook it. Like also when the way I play, I like to um, go more progressively. Uh, so take my time. Yeah. Um, I like add some <laughs> different ingredients like step yeah. by step uh, and then just leave it. And then when it's ready and it's cooked, you can like drop it and eat it and... and uh, it's also interesting because you usually start a stew during the day because it yeah. needs to be done by, by dinner time. <laughs> exactly. So it would definitely be a stew. Okay. <laughs> nice. It's a, it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to add to it. No, I would say like you do it with um, everything you can you can find on the on the in the fridge that you have already at your disposal. But you mm -hmm. just look for the best way to combine all these uh, ingredients, and you will find inspiration. Uh, maybe checking a bit of your um, recipe book, like, uh, okay, this spice, I could um, make it good with this um, meat or um, vegetable. Or you look for inspiration on, on the internet, but you do with what you have and with your own creativity, you, you try to um, yeah, do a great meal yeah. with patience, with love. and yeah. Mm. 
That's a very nice metaphor voilà. for your party. <laughs> I think. Uh, no, thank you guys very much. That's a very nice answer. I'm uh, I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah. That's good. No, cool. Um, if you would you guys like to add anything uh, to this conversation? Well, there was a lot of other things we could talk about. Guys, um, I think um, how we try to manage. Um, a special safer place mm -hmm. uh, the way we want to address the use of uh, drugs mm. in yeah. our parties trying to stay super liberal but as well trying to encourage people to be um, secure with themselves and, and the others yeah big uh, topics big topics yeah <laughs> maybe we but need another no, but hour no, we i need think another hour, but, uh, yeah, we can go in a few uh, <laughs> but um yeah we had we we have already done some some uh, interviews with that subject. Uh, for who was it again? It was for people with um, Listen Festival, and uh, it was for people as well from Modus Vivendi. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Uh, but that's something also characterizes yeah, yeah. the, the gay like it's yeah. a safer yeah uh, place and a safer environment where uh, we try to take care uh, about uh, our crowd uh, and. Uh, Never punish, never, yeah. um, never make a judge judgment, yeah. but just encourage to be, yeah, to 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 enjoy safely and and uh, make the best out of it. Anyone is welcome as long as they respect each other. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, feel that more places should be with that in mind. Mm -hmm. yeah. cool. Thank you guys very much. Um, I hope to be able to experience gay haze very soon. Um, we hope so too. Yeah, <laughs> I will uh, ride my bike to Brussels, uh, yeah. and then, uh, which I've done yeah, last yeah, summer. Yeah. How long? How long does it take? Three hours. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's yeah. it's very okay. It's very especially during summer. It's very nice. Yeah. So I'll I'll hold you guys to that. I'll come by bike. Um, no, guys, thank you very much, and yeah, I hope to see you soon. Yes. Bye. Thank bye, you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe to our channels here on Instagram, Facebook, and the likes. Let us know who you think should feature on the next podcast. Thanks to our partners, we are various and understood.